You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and I love to introduce and share the music from what are powerful emerging and established artists in Ireland, many of whom um, we would not be familiar with over here for a lot of reasons, because I've said it before, unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess, when someone emigrates, the clock seems to stop the day they left Ireland. And they yearn for what was going on prior to the clock stopping. But so much continues to happen. And the wealth and the richness that is there um, continues to grow. And in my now 33 years gone out of Ireland, it's unrecognisable. So much has changed in every respect. And not just from a music perspective, but from a cultural perspective. And Ireland ranks up in the top 10 of the countries with how freedom is calculated, uh, countries that are free. And Ireland is right up there. And as I say, I'm delighted to introduce and talk to Jack O'Rourke. Jack is in Ovens in County Cork. And during the day, Munchore, a girl's school, Ovens. That's during the day he's teaching in an in a girl school, an Irish school. At night time, he takes his music and he shares it. And it's wonderful music. And I'm going to share some of it as well as the show goes on today as well. Jack, an honour to hear, be here and chatting with you. Thank you for having me, Austin. I'm, I'm, I'm very honoured to be on your show. Thank you for having me. And um, I've gone back, of course, you know, there's no point in asking someone from Ireland who's in the music, was it in the family? Because it was. So- it was. Uh, well, yeah. Well, my, my, I think, I think it's, it's, not, it's not difficult if you're Irish to find a poet or a musician or a composer or someone who plays with words or, or notes, for that matter. Um, but my, my parents were both, um, are both musicians. Um, they both sang, still do. Um, you know, amateur, but they both played guitar and they were both into folk music and traditional music. And I heard everything from um, Planksty to Pavarotti to Ella Fitzgerald to Rory Gallagher growing up. You know, it was it was a very eclectic mix. And the styles of music, you just mentioned an eclectic mix, but the styles of music vary around the country. Um, you know, you can go along the West Coast and, and into Clare and um, along there and you have very, very strong traditional. But Cork has always been a place where mm. there has great multicultural of music. There has been, yeah. And I, I think, you know, people talk about the Cork accent and it goes up. And um, I don't know, is there some, you know, relation with Italy? Because if you look at Rome is built on hills as well. You know, they're very expressive and they come up like that's a terrible Italian impression. Um, the PC brigade will be out in, in, in arms, but, uh, Cork is built on hills too. So I think there's, it doesn't stay kind of neutral or flat. There's a lot, it's a singing accent and, um, a lot of Cork singers, a lot of great Cork singers of different genres. Um, and it is the city of steps and steeples. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of singing, um, in Cork. <laughs> So, Jack, while you have the day job, and I know that's a great comfort to parents always, he has the day job. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it keeps it keeps me out of trouble as well. You know, you know yourself on, on the road. There's a lot of, lot of lot, there's a lot of crack and temptations to be had. So, 
Um, I always say it keeps me grounded. And it's nice to work for other people, for, for your students, because songwriters and poets and composers live a lot in their own heads. Right. So there they can be a bit too much navel-gazing going on. So to, so, to have that balance is important for me. And what age group are you teaching then, John? I teach 12 to 19-year-olds. So I'm, I'm secondary and I teach music um, as a subject and, and, and English as well. So words and notes again, you know, it's a, they're very important to me. People listen to music very differently, as you're well aware. Um, for me, you know, the words have always been important of songwriting and the melodies and chords, whereas, you know, I work with people who would be more rhythmically and groove inclined. So they help me out with the rhythms and I, I, I put in the notes and the, and the words. Do you find then that working with that age group in a teaching environment, both from a music and a, and a linguistic perspective, that it hones your own skills? Well, it does. Um, I remember my own uh, music teachers, you know, they were very inspiring, some of them, and, and my English teachers for that matter. I went to school in Ballincollig and I had, I had some great teachers. I had Karen Cotter and Juliet Mullins for, for Leaving Cert. And she introduced me to the poetry of um, Yeats and Sylvia Plath and Derek Mahon and Heaney. And, you know, they were, they're, they're as influential to me as um, Tom Waits or Paul Simon or David Bowie, you know, so. You know, it's interesting when you say that because, you know, I think we all look back and the farther you get away and the more you have to look back. Um, you kind of say, well, who had an influence on me? Mm. And my classmates, what's interesting, we were meant to celebrate 50 years of our doing our leaving last year uh, up in uh. Bandeslaw, and it didn't quite happen. Some of the guys got did you, uh Did you have a Zoom um, call instead? We had a bit of, but some of the guys actually yeah. got together. But what was interesting was one name kept cropping up as one as an influencer, and it was our English teacher. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Isn't and that interesting? how that particular teacher had inspired a number of others to actually do something with either their communications, their music, their words and things like that. But it was mm. one individual kept that name kept cropping up. That's um, wonderful. Yeah. Because we are we're 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 in privileged positions and, and um something I, I try not to ever take for granted to, you know, because it is a vocation and you do have young minds in your you know in your hand, you know, in your tutorage, and um, it's important to try and shape that, you know, to never lose sight of that. So then, when it comes to you sitting down putting pen to paper, um, what are you trying to reach? Because you're a, a, an artist is always reach, reaching for something inside themselves. I would say your there's your music they is do, your, yeah. your expression of yourself true um i play piano mostly so I, I i'm constantly composing tunes like thousands of tunes that that don't have any words um and melodies seem to come to me a lot easier than words i think because i was brought up listening to leonard cohen and bob dylan and Joni mitchell and you know people like that who, who are wonderful writers of music but equally with lyrics there cream of the crop so I think a very high bar um, of order to be a well written song and that's not to you know I love 
people like Stevie Wonder and ABBA who write who write incredible music, but the words are secondary. But for me, words were always important. So it, words take me longer to get to the get to the point of where I go. Okay, that, that that that's that's what I set out to do, or that's there's something in that imagery that's that's important, you know, because to me they're important as the music. So words take me longer, and I often I think this even though I have a lot of melodies, I more than often start with the words, and then once I once I, I'm happy with the words, I put that to music. Given that words are so important, and we know in every respect how words can hurt and how words can heal, mm. um, you uh, had a piece of music that became prominent during the marriage referendum, a quality referendum. Um, yeah. Silence. silence. Um, something I'm sure very special for you. Well, it was. Um, you know, it's it, it's a song, I suppose, that has a lot of chords and is very slow and sad, but it became the unlikely hit of the first album, even though there was more commercial songs on it. I think it was just something that hadn't really been written about before in pop music, you know, and it supposes the idea of, of me being a young boy asking Santa for a kitchen and, and some of my football mates kind of go, what's that about? And there are lots of boys that play a kitchen still and I, I would encourage it. Um, but I, I suppose it was the idea that it was my first in, in indication, oh, I'm a little bit different to my mates. Um, and I wrote about that and yeah, it ended up being used for the referendum, which was really cool. And very gratifying, and I think it helped people. I got a lot of letters from people who were going to vote no to gay marriage, and then they, and then they kind of listened to that song and thought, "Oh, that could be my grandson or granddaughter, or it could be my neighbor." And this isn't as it's not about us and them, you know. It's something that people are or they aren't. They're, they're born straight or gay or bisexual. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not something you choose to be. Um, and I think, and I got a lot of letters from people who who, who have who, who hadn't come out to the, at that stage, and maybe still haven't, mm-hmm. um, which is very sad. But um, yeah, as you were saying at the start of this, you know, interview, Ireland has changed so much, mm-hmm. and it's it's happened almost um, rapidly, you know, like lightning. And and there's a lot of people who are still catching up, and that's okay. We have to be patient, you know. Um, to not just sexuality, but but just cultural change and how, how how different ideas about different situations. And people, I commend people because, as Panty Bliss once said, um, my friend Rory O'Neill, um, you know, all of us, including me, are a little bit homophobic or sexist or racist or misogynistic. And as long as we're aware of that and as long as we keep checking ourselves mm-hmm. to change our perspective, you know, it's mm-hmm. not something that happens instantly. No. And people, people who are, you know, in marginalized groups are, um, on the outskirts, uh, you know, of, of, of society. You know, if they use their voice well, which, which I hope I did, you know, you, you get to make change in small ways. And, um, people like honesty, you know, and I think, I think that song is honest. So I, I think even if someone had a different viewpoint, they might have respected that song. When you mention, um, the changing face of Ireland, uh, I know it was last year, yeah. I think it was. Well, you you performed at Other Voices. I think it was last year I had a conversation uh, where uh, it was dealing with, and I'll never forget someone mentioned in the um, presentation, how the 17% being the 17% mm-hmm. of Irish who have emigrated, but the 17% yes. of the Irish population who are now immigrants. 
Yes. And it's very noticeable as somebody who left over 30 years ago. When I go home, the change in yeah. the face of Ireland. And yeah, absolutely. It must be. Yeah. And and I'm talking about, like, it's not just Dublin, because traditionally you kind of expect that the change is going to happen in be it Dublin, Galway, Cork or Limerick. Mm. But to kind of go out to Skibbereen or out to... It, uh, yeah, well, I think Skip, I think West Cork has always been way ahead of the, the game. <laughs> <laughs> there was there, there, there was gaze, there was gaze in West Cork when um, <laughs> when dinosaurs still roamed the earth. <laughs> so Jack, when you put your pen to paper on a piece like that, yeah, and you then put it out there in front of an audience, um, it's taking a risk. It is. It's weird because I'm so introverted and a lot of songwriters are. If you would ask them, I think, I think it's a general that I'm making, but it's, it's this kind of warped. <laughs> if you're an introvert taking your innermost thoughts and desires and doubts and, you know, traumas and, and, and putting them out there, you know, in a little intimate setting. But it, I won't call it therapy because that reduces it, but it is cathartic. It does help. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like what, what Frank Sinatra once once said to Tony Bennett. He said, the audience will always be on your side if you let them. Right. And if you if you put out something that's honest rather than self-pity, pity, pitying, but if you want to communicate something, you're all, you know, and if you look at people and, it's it's a very um, sacred space that that kind of relationship between you know you and you and your and your um, your punters and you they feel that too if you allow them to so that that's that's a really special thing I think. No, I guess when you were saying that there and you say if you were to put it out there, there's no self pity. If there was, it would be a country song. It? it would, I suppose, and there's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of American American country, no. not not so much an Irish country, but, but um, and some and some Canadian country. I love I love um, I love that guy that wrote Four Strong Winds, uh, Ian Tyson. Yes, he wrote some great songs. He did indeed, and did and mm. um, yeah, um, yeah. So then uh, coming up to the current release and the one that's getting a lot of play and the one that, that I caught on the uh, on the airwaves. Uh, sea swimming, mm. and um, I noticed. Yeah, not only do you sing about it, but you actually go do it. I do. I practice it too. Yeah. Well, I I went in with my brother last um, last Sunday, and that was fairly that hurt. It was so cold. I'm sure it's a different story in Canada. Yeah, it hurt probably, more. Probably Canadians listening into going, what a what. <laughs> what, what a what a wimp! You know, she should try the waters no, no. here. But um, I I do love it, and and I and I but I do I find it very um, grounding. Again, you know, it's it's kind of like it settles you any anxieties or worries that are that aren't huge kind of go out the window when you're in the ocean. Um, I, I feel very connected to water anyway. I always have. Some people are more earth or fire or air. I get a sense of grace like almost where I come from in the water, you know. So there's something very special about it, I think. And I was very cynical, but I started doing it during lockdown. And and I, I find it really helps my head. Yeah. So then turning that um, cathartic effect, in effect, into words and putting music to it, 
um, was bringing it another step. It was. Um, now, that was one where the music came first. I, um, I had the verse kind of thing written. Da, 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 da. And it, to me, it sounded a bit like something Mark Knopfler would have written. So I sent it to my guitarist and he said, oh, yeah, he said, that's very, very Knopfler. And then I was coming out of the, the sea one time and um, I had that R.E.M. song in my head, Night Swimming, which, which the song actually mentions. Um, and that melody came in. Da, 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 and it sounded very trad to me, kind of like almost like Sean Arita or something, you know. Um, and I just went with it. I was like, God, has that been done before? I don't think it has. Um, and that's what happens, you know. You, 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 you the, the, whatever, whatever the muses are, you could be, you know, it, it happens in the most unlikely places. You could be walking down the street and you have to suddenly record, or else it's just it's gone into the air. So you have to, you have to just capture capture it wherever it lands, you know, <laughs> in the sea or wherever. The great thing about I'm seeing with Irish musicians at the moment as well is there's not a lot of support for each other. Uh, I just got an email in a short while ago and I was working on it before we started chatting, uh, promoted it with Lorraine Nash. And mm. she opened for you or she worked with you last week. She did. She, um, I like Lorraine. We, 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 the same, um, two, two great people working for us from a PR point of view. Um, and she's she's just a great songwriter, and and I suppose she comes from a background of traditional music, um, but there's a lot of roots music in her, like blues and even country and bluegrass. I hear Gillian Welch and even early Emmy Lou Harris in in her voice, which I really like. Um, yeah, and it was lovely. I, I got to sing. She did an Emmy Lou Harris cover. She did Bowler to Birmingham, and I sang harmonies with her at my launch, and then she came out at the end of mine. And there's a gorgeous song by um by everything but, but the girl. I'll send it to you called called the Night Caruso Sing. The Night Caruso Sang. Do you know it? No, I can't it's, say it's, no. Oh, it's, I heard it at the start of lockdown and it made me cry because um it's about just how mad the world can be and, and holding your loved ones close. Um wonderful songwriting and she sang that with me, so that was really cool. So I I I think I think Lorraine is great, yeah. She, and she's so young. That's that's not to sound patronising, but um, I like doing that. And I think I think people, I think people who are serious about music, you know, I read an interview once with Linda Ronstadt, and she was talking about the first time she heard Emmylou Harris sing, and Linda at that point would have been the queen of rock, of country rock, sorry. And she heard this, she heard this young Emmylou, and she, you know, she she had a split second talk. You know, I could be a bitch here and, and shun her as, as a lot of older female singers would have done, you know. Um, but she said, no, I, I'm go I want to sing with her. So she befriended her and she kind of mentored her and gave her a platform. And she and Linda said that um, competition is for racehorses, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have you have to you have to nurture talent. Mm -hmm. you know? To that end, I know recently you were surprised that um Damien Dempsey didn't recognise you and you didn't recognise him. <laughs> well, I was on my way to a gig and, and I, I saw this I saw this big strap and handsome fellow looking at me and I was like, oh, what's going on here, you know? And he came, but he was wearing a mask and he came over to me and I was like, are you all right? Are you all right? And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, I love, I love your new songs. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then he's like, oh my God, it's Demo. I didn't, didn't recognise you. 
<laughs> and it must be it must, <laughs> for that to happen. Um, that's they're, they're the precious things that make it all worthwhile in many ways. They do, you know. It, it's lovely having the respect of your peers. Um, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't think I belong to any scene in, in the Irish music scene, even though it's very inclusive. You know, there's a punk scene and there's a there's a very trad scene, and there's a alternative rock scene. I think I fall between a lot of these different genres, but that's okay. Because the people that I, I I liked, you know, even someone like Tom Waits, you know, when he was in the when he was in L.A. in the seventies, you know, he wasn't he wasn't one of the Eagles or Jackson Brown. He was in his own little world, and that's okay too, you know. And that's what I was saying at the beginning. Like when I heard your music, it's different, as is Dick yeah. O'Rourke, as is Mick Flannery, you know. Yeah, and and they're and they're all different, and and um. I'm a big fan of mix, you know, yeah. and 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 Declan's for that matter. But um, I suppose everything I, I I everything I put out is affected by what I heard as a child, and what I what I sought then myself as a teenager. And I, I mean, a record that's very important to me that my dad introduced me to was Kate and Anna McGarrigal, and um, I don't mind comparing myself to them because I th- I think they're both so incredible as songwriters, and um. And like me, they, they're very influenced by a kind of a torch. I don't know what to describe it as, you know, a certain type of piano balladry that kind of goes from Stephen Foster all the way to, to Tom Waits, you know, where where the melody is important and, and the heart of a song, rather than, rather than it being cool or in vogue or trendy, you know, um, it's about heart and, uh, and the, word, the words are important and... Um, and folk, and suppose roots music, folk music, and blues, and stuff that that comes from somewhere, you know. Is there a, tempt, a, a, a temptation early on to try to be a me too, as distinct from just being me Jack? Do you mean? I mean that you know you look at that you you mentioned the genres, so you get yes. yeah, and and if you kind of plow your own furrow. Yeah, you have no clue how an audience will react or how the market or how, because you don't, but, you're, but you're not you're you not don't. a me too to anybody. No, you're not. And um, I think my first album was kind of a, a mixture of styles because the song was written over ten years, but it was very organic. It just they were probably a little bit jarring. You know, it went from very heavy rock into piano <laughs> Um The second EP was definitely an attempt to try something different and it, it was very influenced by um kind of synth pop and, and rock from the eighties, which I love. Um but there was definitely an attempt by me, even though I don't I didn't realise it then, to break into more commercial radio. Um and it it, it it did do that to a point in Ireland. Um but these songs that were written ironically have gotten the most commercial success and there was and I suppose there's a there's a a moral in that that if you if you if you try to to you know create a hit it will never work you know it's better these songs are written on, on an old piano and there's and my drummer who recorded me said i'm not putting drums on the on these songs and they've gotten the most airplay so that there's there is a very strong message in that i think mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah yeah so um 
lockdown, this was part the part of what you came to um, over the period was it for many artists that I talked to, they said that they lost interest. Uh, they weren't picking up the guitar or they weren't writing or they weren't playing music. They weren't hardly even listening to music. Yeah. Did you experience any of that? I did to a point. I, I think a lot of us probably lost, you know, it, you know, it was such a strange time. I think it's weirder now, maybe, but I, I think I think that's just because two years later we're kind of like, well, what's up? What's going to happen with this? Um, I think at that time I I almost had a gun to my head in terms of not that I had an existential crisis, but I was kind of like, well, what what am I? What is my purpose? I'm a teacher, but what what do you do? I I, I create, and I needed to write. I almost felt I need to do something. You know, I, I hadn't written for a while. I was I was uh was quite happy. <laughs> so people tend to not write when they're happy, but in my experience. But um I a lot of changes. Relationship uh finished. Um I was living at home with my parents, you know, I bought a house. Um so there's a lot of kind of going back to my roots and maybe that inspired me too, because I was in nature and a lot of the songs reference nature, but I had a lot of time in my hands and I, I didn't I don't like being idle. Um um, I find it hard to take a break, but I, I just wanted to, to write. And I did a gig in the Triscoll and I used their piano, which is an old church in Cork. And it, it just had this incredible feel off it, this piano. And I, I just, I was chancing my arm and said, can I get in there to record? So I had five songs and we did, we did five songs with my drummer. And those first takes are the one you hear on the album, piano and vocal. And I wrote another six then. And, um, we did the same thing again. So it was a project and it kept me going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just, and I think a lot of the songs too were, were, were about me and my life, but a lot of them aren't. And that's, that's kind of nice. Sea swimming, you know, is about all of us, uh, reaching for that inner child in all of us and, and kind of letting go of inhibitions and just, you know, finding yourself in nature without the influence of alcohol or drugs, not needing that, but, mm-hmm. but, but to, to find the high in yourself, do you know that kind of way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then things like coffee song and opera on the top floor were about characters. And I, I suppose around the time that I wrote it, John Prine died mm-hmm. and I loved how he wrote about ordinary people, like mad ordinary people, but, but people are situations that, that, are interesting but just pass you by he always managed yeah he always had this radar and that, that's an interesting story mm-hmm. you know and i i tried to do that too and i did that with opera on the top floor i think i took my cue from him because I, I I said well what would john rick do or even the song strange bird about covid i i thought well what would john mm-hmm. john would find and he'd find something humorous mm-hmm. you know it, it would it, it would break your heart but it would make you laugh mm-hmm. too and, and that's a really hard thing to do you know Less hard for someone from Cork. Exactly. <laughs> well, John Splann is the John Splann is the master of it, you know. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and he, he, he won't he won't make me saying that. You know? No, I, I know. Sir, 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 fair play to me. <laughs> and many, and many more. Um, Jack, what's what's ahead? I know you're cutting your numbers at any gigs at the moment, and I know. Mm, uh, well, well, the tour has gone well, and I think because these songs are kind of, it's great because 
unlike other albums, there isn't there's not a lot of you know recreating a production mm-hmm. required. So it's just me and the piano and and guitar and cello when I have them, and that's lovely. Um, and the the, the songs just speak for themselves, the the, the melodies and the words. Um, that's yeah. that's what it's isn't about. It, isn't the cello a lovely instrument? It is. It's so plaintive. Um, I remember as a kid, I I played in the National Youth Orchestra, and um, certain instruments really, I love. You know, you love every instrument, but particularly the French horn and the cello. They have a kind of a noble, plaintive, incredibly poignant kind of stateliness. There's something very regal and majestic about mm. the sound, and the bass of the cello. And when you put that behind the piano, I mean, it's it's like. It's like uh, what did Forrest Gump, Gump said? It's, it's like peas and gravy, you know. It just it just fits so so well together. <laughs> and I'm lucky because my, one of my best mates plays cello with me, Ashling, and we've we've known each other since college. Right. And we've this weird, intuitive kind of. Um, it's almost like we're in sync with each other. I I know what she's going to do, and you know it's good. Jack, we could talk for hours. It's because it's it's just it's it's so easy to chat with you. And um, but I want to likewise. Share, Thank, thanks for having me. And I want to share your music. And we're definitely, we're going to play sea swimming. And uh, I want you to give the coordinates Great. where anybody can find you. Uh, and if they want to get their hands on the album, there's still time before Christmas. There is. Well, you can, and it's it's in um, it's in all all of the independent record stores in Ireland and also some golden discs. So places like Music Zone and Cork and get onto them and, and, and order from them. Um because they're great. Ray O'Brien does an amazing job and Reckless Records in Kenny and uh Chivago um in Galway and Limerick also and the Dingle Record Shop and Golden Discs then in um Stevens Green and the Liffey Valley. But get on to me myself. My email is jackoworkmusic at gmail.com. No spaces. Um, and, and the website is? jackoworksongs.com. Right. And uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I'm there. So if, if you want an album, just I, I'm my own, I have my own personal shop. So <laughs> <laughs> give me give me a shout. And not only that, it's important, I think, and this is a good time to cover that, because when you say you have your own personal shop, I know that there's a real tendency to either – um, buy the music uh, on stream or maybe go to some of the big retailers. You can. Well, you, well, you know what? And you get very little out of it. So. Well, you do. Well, it's particularly on Spotify, but Bandcamp has been a bit of a revelation for me. So if, you, if you'd like to have the album digital, uh, digitally, sorry, yeah, um, you can go to Bandcamp and the album is called Wild Place. Um, and you can download it there. I think it's just €12 Euros for the whole album. So Right. And of that, you're getting that lion's share. So, again, what I'm, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to urge here is that people recognize that what we we need to encourage is money into the artist's pocket um, and reduce the, the the commissions that are coming off the top. Because I know you probably yeah. get a penny a play or a, a portion of a penny a play on Spotify. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're if you're um, looking for some grassroots Interesting, mad songs. Yeah, but by all <laughs> means, give, give, give me a shout. Jack O'Rourke, it's been an honour and a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Austin. Thank you so much.